and welcome back to the final What The Folk preview show before the World Cup winter break. Another poor home display against Cardiff saw us lose 1-0 and we've dropped to 17th in the table. And with the break approaching in just a matter of days, we only have that one game left to respond as we travel to Birmingham City this Friday night. As always, I'm going to be previewing the game and the big game this Friday. And to let us know what to expect and what's going to be coming is Birmingham City journalist and Birmingham World journalist, Charlie Haffenden. Charlie, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Um, quite a good time to report on Birmingham City at the moment. As I sort of touched on twice in the intro there, though, it's it's the final game before the World Cup winter break, which, yeah, I'm not comfortable with it, but it is what it is. The weird thing is, you're going to have three slash four weeks off, but Birmingham have now played two games in just four days, or, or will be playing two games in four days. We will go further into that, because that is a bit weird, and the scheduling's a bit off. But before we do, um, last night, 2-2 draw at home to Swansea, last-minute equaliser, or 89th-minute equaliser. How was the performance? Yeah, it was, it was decent. It wasn't quite as good as what we've seen recently, but, I mean, they showed a lot of fight and desire to get back into that one, and that's something that John Eustace seems to have brought into Birmingham City this year. Before and last year, even the start of this season, there wasn't quite that fighting spirit. But now I think the lads have got so much confidence that they're able to get back into games, even against the likes of Swansea, who I think themselves look like they could be a promotion or at least a playoff contender. So to get a 2-2 draw against them was fantastic. Perhaps not the best defensively at times of what we've seen in recent weeks. Plenty of clean sheets, John Eustace's side. Um, but no, on the whole, you can't be expecting too much more against a team like Swansea City. So I think Blue Noses were quite impressed with it. Yeah, it's a good result on paper. I think they're one of the better sides we come up against. Coincidentally, we didn't play very well the first half, so that kind of added to it as well. But I think, obviously, it was Troy Deeney who got the last-minute equaliser of, like I say, eight ninth minute. Um, the stats are a bit odd for the game, though. Birmingham had far more attempts, but less on target than Swansea. Swansea had far more higher possession. So was it a deserved point in the end, or could it have been more? I think it was probably a fair result. It just wasn't very clinical performance from Birmingham, even if they did score two. It was their only couple of shots on target for the whole evening. Dini's goal being a very much a tap-in in the last moments. Um, I'm, I'm sure Blue supporters will be happy with that. As I said, it's, it's such a big result against a, a big side. Performance-wise, yeah, it, it, was, it was fairly decent, but not quite what they've been like. And I think that just shows at the moment how far they are coming, that you're starting to expect Birmingham to perhaps be beating teams like Swansea. So, yeah, lots of positives to take at the moment. And I think as well, just to give a bit of context on Birmingham's performance yesterday, there's a few players missing, and one of them being, I think it was Harley Dean was missing out, obviously, who's important to, to the way Birmingham play. But there was a few more players missing yesterday. Are we expecting them back for the game on Friday? Yeah, I think um, the Harley Dean one was the biggest miss, just because he's been back for seven games now after quite a long spell on the sidelines with a calf injury and in those seven um, Birmingham kept four clean sheets and even scored in the Stoke City away win on Saturday so not having him was quite an unexpected one it wasn't really mentioned in any press conferences before the game um, but what John Eustace has said is a slight knock um, it's the calf injury again and he doesn't really know yet whether he'll be available. If he is, it's a huge boost. Um, but because he's 31 years old now, I believe, he's, he's not exactly a spring chicken going to come in and and be immediately fit. I think he'll probably be a bit more of a cautious approach and he won't be playing. Um, but the likes of Dion Sanderson, obviously ex-Sunderland himself, has been coming in and, and playing that role well. Um, but there was quite a lot of rotation against Swansea, as is the nature of such a congested fixture schedule. Um, just having a look at of recent results and, and times for Birmingham playing. It has just been one after the other recently. So you had so Tuesday, the 8th of November, Saturday, 5th, 
uh, Wednesday 2nd, Friday 28th of October. Um, before that, it was 22nd, 19th, 16th. It's been insane, really, the, the fixture schedule. And I'm, I'm sure that the lads are, at Birmingham were very excited in the sense for the World Cup to arrive. Um, they're probably a little bit upset about the lack of momentum that will be uh, such a long time off. They won't be able to keep that, but a bit of a rest nonetheless. I was going to say, because it's like, I didn't really click there was any championship games yesterday. I've been away for this week for like full context. So I thought, well, Sunderland's not playing, you know, the championship won't be on. And then there's like almost a full schedule of fixtures yesterday. So with our game being on Friday, like I said before, that's two games in, in four days. It seems bizarre because obviously we're having like three slash four weeks off after that. Some teams I know are cutting it short. Of course, they can't have it any long, any later than this weekend because the mm-hmm. players, some players, got a jet off for international duty. And one thing that is interesting is I think although Birmingham's first game back is tenth of December, uh, it's a few days earlier than the Premier League, I believe. But they might even be some fixtures whacked in early December as well. So I've been hearing, which is just bonkers. Why would you have it in the middle of the World Cup? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But as is the nature of having a, a World Cup in November, December time, it's totally unprecedented. They've got to do it somehow. I wonder why they've done it. Must, must have been some strange reason, possibly for money. Um, I think, what, perhaps. I was, yeah, <laughs> perhaps, yeah, probably right. Um, looking at the, the comments from John Eustace, obviously, uh, he thinks it's an advantage towards Sunderland. I think the fact that you we've not played this weekend, and and it is. Like I'd love to say, like, oh, that's just like uh, mind games, but it's not. Of course, we've we've had a lot longer rest in comparison to what Birmingham City have had. But um, how did the fans feel about it? Obviously, those games being so congested. I, I imagine, you know, as a fan, I, I wouldn't quite fancy Sunderland playing on a Tuesday than a, than a Friday because you don't really know what you're going to get from that. You can get momentum in the legs, yes, but at the same time, it is two games in, in four days. That's very very short notice. Yeah, I think Eustace is kind of echoing what the fans are feeling, although they are enjoying it because there's so many good results happening, even against the bigger teams. It's a great spell of momentum, as I was mentioning before, but it, it is unrealistic to just be able to have games every three or four days, not just for one or two weeks, but for the last three or four, as I was mentioning. I know you've also had a, a pretty awful schedule, but this week, at least, having a bit of a rest midweek has helped. And it, it is a bit... So the fact is, it's a Friday as well. It's not It's not a Saturday afternoon where they get the extra day. It's the Friday, which I find utterly bizarre, to be honest. Um, but I think enough said on on that. It just it makes it a bit difficult because it might be some rotation. Not quite as much as a cup game would, would need, but it's just, yeah, it's just the case, isn't it? It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it seems strange. I mean, I suppose you don't always get the, the Saturday than the Tuesday, but it's the fact that, you know, you, you've had... I'm seeing the two games in four days, but the game before that, and it, it's more than just the two games in four days. It, it is congested. And yeah, I, I wouldn't like it the other way around. But I think, like you said, you know, you touched before that the fans are enjoying it because it's been, for me, a, a funny season for Birmingham in many ways. I think, you know, when we just came up into the division, a lot of people mentioned Birmingham and a lot of people mentioned Reading and said, you know, like last year, Derby were almost nailed on to go down because of what happened. I think from the outside looking in, it looked like Reading and Birmingham was struggling a little bit. The managerial appointments weren't that inspiring at the time. However, at the time of speaking, Birmingham at tenth, you've had a feral flirt with the playoffs. So, so how have managed? How have Birmingham managed to silence the doubters sort of so far this season? Because they're doing absolutely fine. There's there's no worries of relegation at all from the outside looking in. Yeah, I think it's just 
getting that confidence and belief into the team because there are some names in there that have played in the Premier League in the past. There's plenty of experience and there's some young guns as well. Sanderson is one we've mentioned, of course, on loan from Wolves. It's the real talents, a bit of a powerhouse, quite versatile. And Austin Trusty as well has been a bit of a surprise package of how good he's been. Scored a brilliant goal against Queen's Park Rangers a few weeks back. Got a brace against Bristol City. So not only is he contributing goals, but he's also been um, just like Sanderson, really. Maybe not quite as, as physical, but quite a quick presence at the back and good at playing out from the back. Back three has been a bit of a revolutionary system for for Blues, I think. It helps them to progress up the pitch a little bit better. And Some teams like West Brom, for example, they tried it under Steve Bruce and they struggled with a back three, but Blues just seem to get it working. Um, I'm not quite sure why that it didn't work for West Brom, but it is for Blues, but it, it is working. And I think it's a lot of it's down is to Eustace and the belief he's got and the atmosphere that's building. Uh, there's been a lot of home games in quick succession. Four of the last five have been at home. So that, that makes such a difference, including the Sunderland game. Yeah, I think they're the main factors really. But 10th is it's probably not where they're going to remain all season long. It's just kind of where they've ended up after a really good run. Um, I don't expect them to hit playoffs or anything like that, but... It's starting to become a possibility. It's only three points away. Yeah, it's such a wild league this season. Like, it's it, mental. <laughs> with, with Sunderland, it feels like for the past sort of five weeks or maybe even two months, we've been six points away from the playoffs and, and four points away from relegation spots, <laughs> which is just how tight the league is. And I think one win moves you different places. But it, it's interesting that um, John Eustace is doing such a job. And I know it's a long season, as a while ago, yeah, but... I think he's a man that many sort of 90s Premier League fans will remember as a player for Coventry. Um, but in terms of his managerial career, obviously he was handed the reins of Birmingham in the summer. He's been the manager at Kidderminster Harriers. I believe he's been the assistant at Republic of Ireland. QPR, he was a coach and, and caretaker manager. But I think in short, I touched on it before, from the outside looking in, and I think even from the inside looking in, it felt like Birmingham fans were not too inspired by his appointment, shall we say. But... Week on week, he's been doing really, really well. His reputation's definitely getting bigger and higher. Um, how good of a job is he is he doing at Birmingham at the moment? And how are the fans viewing his time so far? Yeah, I think perhaps the reason they weren't so confident when he came in was just how he didn't have that much experience at a senior level of management. Being an assistant, being a caretaker, yeah, he had the kid of Insta Harriers role, but it's not exactly a huge club. I think that's probably why they're a little bit unsure. They might have wanted someone who had a bit more experience with such a threat of relegation as well. They're not exactly a team that got the squads to be pushing for promotion every year. They could easily be in the relegation scrap and, and they they were at the start of the year. Um, but the things I was mentioning before, the change of system to, to a back three seems to be working. The youth players, the experience that the backs up in the changing room. Quite a lot of depth as well. And that's something that was obviously been needed with the fixtures being so regular. I think they're kind of the, the main things. There's not much else to say about Eustace other than the system and the confidence he's brought, but he's quite a good personality. He's, he doesn't hold things back in the media either. And I think that's something that the fans really like. It's, it's not like um, he will shy away from things if things go badly. He says the, the other week against Millwall, nil-nil, they didn't even register a shot on target. And he was saying, that wasn't like us, but we're trying. We've got a good bit of confidence in the dressing room and we're going to push on again. And then they did and beat Stoke. So um, I think the brutal honesty can really help. And it has. When you look at um, the style that obviously he's implementing, you can see the three at the back is something that a lot of teams are starting to work with. And that kind of, you're right right-hand side, centre-half, and left-hand side, centre-half turn into like those full-backs. And I think we all seen sort of how it works 
But but what actually is Birmingham style? Is it similar to that? Or has John Eustace brought something a little bit different? Will we see possession-based? Do we see a little bit of directness or a mix? It is a bit of a mix. Uh, looking at the track record recently, there's some games they have more possession, some they don't. I think typically they try and build out from the back where they can. It's just they struggle a bit against a higher press. So it depends on the opposition, to be honest. But quite a lot of reliance on a one of the central midfielders, because there's three. It's normally Christian Bielek who sits further back, a bit of an anchor in midfield. Doesn't really get involved pushing forward, but that's because you've got the likes of Hannibal Medgebury on loan from Man United and ex-Man United player to Heath Chong. And them two seem to be the powerhouses to move the ball forward and spread it wide. And Maxim Collin seems to be, he can get to any end of the pitch. He runs for, I'd say runs for England, runs for France with his nationality. He's He's got so much energy and the same could be said for the likes of uh, Emmanuel Longello on the left-hand side. And there's quite a few options that, that can leave those positions, but it all starts in the middle, playing out from the back, getting into the three central midfielders from Bielek to Chong to, to Hannibal and the likes of Bakuna as well, ex-Premier League player himself. I think that's where things begin. It just can, as, as I said, against the high press, all it takes is a couple of passes to go astray and the, the opposition on the front foot so it can work can not but at the moment it seems to be clicking and although they weren't that clinical against Swansea with just two shots from target from 15 they have been getting that little bit of luck that they've needed it's been a real balance of luck and, and talent and, and ability in the system I think funny you mentioned Bakuna there because obviously he spent time at Rangers not very long uh didn't do very well but there was a point when he was I think it was around sort of five, four, five million, I think Rangers might have paid from. He obviously went for a bit less. Obviously, we don't know the exact figures. But um, sometimes if a player does come to a club and it doesn't work out and it goes elsewhere, it can sort of struggle to adapt because you're almost at three clubs in the best part of the year. And that's hard for anyone, I think. But it seems like he's adapted quite well and, and kind of has shown the form that maybe was expected of him um, at Huddersfield and then onwards to, to Rangers. It seems like he's really shown his form that people expected from him. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of energy and he's only 25 as well. So it's not like he's he's getting too old. He's got the stamina. He's got a bit of skill. I think he's a bit of a confidence player himself. So that's why he's thriving at the moment. At range, he's only made a handful of appearances and struggles coming out from his Huddersfield spell. Um, but no, he's, he's someone who's, who's able to make the difference and on the odd game can create chances from nothing. Um, but then other days he can go missing. It really depends. He's very hot and cold, Miss Bakuna. I think you touched on the the home form before and the amount of games that you've had at home and how that builds momentum, and it definitely does. Um, it's interesting because normally you try to look to see if the team's better home or away. Birmingham have got 14 points at home, they've got 14 points away. So that there's really no difference. But when you really look into the games that Birmingham have played and the teams have come up against, they've beaten QBR, who obviously have done really well this season under Michael Beale. They smashed Bristol City, who've had not a bad season. Um, and got a draw with Burnley alongside another couple of really good results. For away teams coming to St Andrews, has that become a bit more of a fortress? Has it become a tougher place to go to than maybe it was last season? It is, although you mentioned about the, the points being equal home and away. Uh, they've actually managed to get four away wins this season, which is the same as what they managed the entirety of last season, which is quite impressive <laughs> that they've already managed that. So I think they've improved on the road. But St Andrews has always been a fairly difficult place to go, although it's not as packed as it used to be. Uh, you've got one stand that doesn't really have too many people in it, and it's very clear on TV. It is still a difficult place to go. And I think that... Um, fans at the moment with such a positive atmosphere 
are making it a place to be somewhat feared. It's not exactly an Anfield or an Old Trafford or anything like that, but it is, I'd say to some extent, yeah, I think it's difficult for sides to go to. But I think that teams are more worried about coming up and in, against an informed Birmingham rather than it being at whichever stadium. Um, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily about St Andrews, but it does help at the moment the atmosphere. In terms of expectations for Birmingham, I think I touched on at the start of the season that a lot of people felt Birmingham and Redden would be in trouble. And for a new side coming up from League One, you look at those teams and think, who do we need to make sure we beat? Things can change. You never know. You could end up winning the league. You could end up going bottom the way this league's just crazy. So we don't know how things might change. But at the minute, being in 10th, I suppose that's maybe above where the expectations were at the start of the season. And obviously, every fan is different. But in terms of Birmingham's fan base at the moment, what are the aims and ambitions for Birmingham this season? Where, where would be considered acceptable, shall we say? Yeah, OK, well, the last few weeks, it's just been going up a couple of positions at a time. <laughs> and every, every week, it's kind of the ambition is getting higher and higher and higher. And I think some Blues fans are saying, hang on, could we actually get a playoff push here? Because looking at points, uh, currently six above the relegation zone, right? No, more than that, eight points above the relegation zone. I was looking at Blackpool in 21st. And then only three points off QPR, who've had a toy run of form themselves in sixth, far closer to the playoffs. So in that sense, yeah, it is currently an ambition that could be realistic. You look at Huddersfield last campaign under Corbran, and they managed to get one nils, two ones in there, winning by a single goal off and going back to basics. They managed to get to the playoff final and nearly went up to the Premier League against Nottingham Forest, but unfortunately on the wrong end of that result for them. Maybe that could be the case of Birmingham this year, but I just don't think it, it will. I think that the more realistic ambition is to avoid a relegation battle. Everyone tipped them to go down or be one of those in and, in and around that. I think they'd be very happy with a step in the right direction, being avoiding too much of a threat. But as we know in this division, all it takes is a three, four defeats on the bounce and you can be right back in the thick of it. So I think just taking it a game at a time at the moment, trying to collect a few more points for the World Cup. So you only one more game to play now until that. It's a great platform to build off. Um, but although they need a rest, maybe a week or two, I don't think they want four because that really will threaten the momentum they've got. I think we're desperate for a break on the flip side of that. I think we could get a few of our injured players back. But um Talking of Sunderland, and you touched on it before, Dion Sanderson is a player that we've had at Sunderland. We we really liked. He picked up our uh, Young Player of the Year, I think it was at the time. He, he was linked in the summer again. As it was, he went back to Birmingham. Obviously, it's his second loan spell he's had at Birmingham. I think he's had about four or five away from Wolves just now. Um, we really like him at Sunderland. We're big fans. I, I think I speak for the majority of people here and say I wouldn't mind him coming back. Um, I hope people don't mind me saying that, but um, obviously he was well-liked. But um, how do Birmingham fans view Dion's season so far? Obviously, you touched on um, the kind of the form he's shown, but obviously it's his second loan spell. I know it didn't go wonderfully well the first time, but it at the same time didn't go terribly. But does he look a more improved player uh, for Birmingham this season, someone who can like contribute and not just kind of learn from his mistakes as a young player? Yeah, I think so. He looks a lot more mature. Um, you can see that he is learning from those mistakes, as you mentioned, being there a couple of seasons ago before going um, to Queen's Park Rangers on loan. He's had plenty of loan spells. He's had time to mature. don't even think he's made a sing single senior appearance for Wolves yet, thinking about it. Um, but coming in now, he's he's got so much strength, physicality. He's quite quick on the ball. Um, his decision-making has got a lot better. And I think the main way that Blues fans view him, though, is, is just how much of a rock he is at the back. He's very brave. Um, some of the victories recently, especially against QPR 
I remember at least he was down on the floor using his head trying to get in the way of challenges and he just doesn't seem to have too much fear Harley Dean is, is another breeze in that sense he'll head a brick for the team I'm not sure Sanderson would do that but he is showing a lot more maturity and a lot more improvements so no wonder you want him back at Sunderland because he really is a good player and he's versatile in a sense as well he can play at fullback if you need him to and he can play anywhere across a back three I think his best position is probably as a right centre back in a three playing out with Trusty on the left and Dean in the middle but we can't always have that especially with the fixtures at the moment so but no a real improvement to answer your question yeah I think he's his versatility is something was the same I think he played it right back left back centre back in a three and a back four so I think at this level, you've got to be versatile sometimes, don't you? It definitely gives you a lot of benefit. But um, it's been a while since we played Birmingham. I actually tried to think off the top of my head there when you were chatting when the last time we played Birmingham was, and it's completely escaped me. I'm sure someone will remind me. But it was um, back in 2018, just because I was looking at it earlier. I'm pretty the, sure it's... The championship season, which I try to forget, most likely. Um, <laughs> which would yeah, it was an awful sense. season for some reason, wasn't it? I didn't enjoy it. And wonderfully, it was all documented on Netflix. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> I remember watching that one, finding it quite entertaining, which I'm sure your listeners won't be too happy with me saying. But it was, it was, I must say. At the same time, though, they've had that spell. And I want Sunderland to come back to the big time because they are a huge club. They deserve to be. It was just uh, entertaining for one little season, I think. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed it's the last time that ever happens. But um, when I try to think of Birmingham, it's been that long. I feel like Cameron Jerome should still be up front, if I'm completely honest with you, if we're going really <laughs> back. Obviously, he's not. Um, and on a serious note, you can see, obviously, Troy Deeney's now gone there playing for the club he supports. But um, who are the players we should be looking out for? Who are the, We've touched on Sanderson, we've touched on Harley Dean, but who, who are the ones that are really in form at the moment that can cause something a bit of damage? Uh, Bielik is not exactly going forward but with him in the team the winning percentages I don't exactly know the figures but they are far higher he's someone that will break up the play and probably be quite a nuisance Trusty has been weirdly a very good goal scoring defender for Blues so he's probably another one to watch out for Scott Hogan is an obvious one as a top scorer with nine he's only a couple off his total from last year He's in really good form at the moment. I believe maybe four in his last six or seven games. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but he's he's definitely scoring plenty of goals at the moment. So all he needs is a is the right chance. He, he does take quite a few pop shots and misses them, but once he's in the right position, he does tend to, to do pretty well. The one player who is a bit of a surprise one is Lukas Jutkovic. Pretty old now, uh, but against Stoke City on last weekend, it feels like a lot longer to go with so many games. Uh, he won, I think it was, it was in the teens. I think it was 15 or 16 aerial duels out of the team's total of 30-odd, which as a team total, that is obscene as it is. But for one player to get that many, he was an absolute beast up top uh, and getting back and doing his defensive duties as well. Him and Troy Deeney, they've alternated. It's normally Deeney who starts and then Djokovic comes off the bench and performs a similar target man role. But he does so well holding up the ball. And I think he in probably quite a physical game against Sunderland under the likes, I think could be a, a weird one to look out for. Um, yeah, he looks so good against Stoke. And I think the reason he didn't play against Swansea is because Eustace is resting him to play on Friday. That's what I genuinely think. So surprise one, but that's that's what I'm going for. Sunderland are not in the greatest of form. We've won two in 10, but bizarrely we've picked up eight points from our last six away games. I think we're a, a better away side at the moment on paper. But um, w- what kind of game are... Birmingham expecting in regards to something? What kind of what what do they think they're going to come up against and, and how do they view it? 
obviously not in very good form, Sunderland. I think probably looking at it as a game to hopefully in blue sense. I'm not a blues fan myself, but reporting on them, they they want to continue that momentum for the last match. That is their opportunity to build that good platform. They can theoretically push even further into the top half with a win. And that's what they're looking at. But I think a draw, considering how pl- how tired the players are, wouldn't be the worst result. It's not like a must win by any means. I just think it's a bit more of a, a must not lose. Um, it's not going to be a nice one to go into the break off the back of a loss. I think Eustace and, and, and the guys will want to just take something from it. But no, obviously you always want to win every single game if you can. But with the disadvantage you mentioned earlier with Sunderland having a rest, I don't think a draw would be too bad of a thing. Um, but I didn't realise the away record was so good, actually, for the Black Cats. It's, it's not bad, is it? Is it eight points in the last six? Eight in the last six, I think. Don't quote me yeah. on that, but I'm pretty certain we've picked up, obviously, wins at Huddersfield. Beat Red and got a draw at Watford. Obviously, I'm going back quite a bit here. and But um, we've, we've been much better away from home than we have been at home this season. Well, that's um, that surprised me, at least. <laughs> I didn't quite yeah. realise that. Uh, surprised me as well, to be fair. But um, I think, like I was saying before, every team has a weakness. Um, what is Birmingham's weakness? If something that to win, where can we exploit? Or where should we try and exploit? Sometimes the passing out from the back, when they are a bit tired, which is at the moment can be a little bit sloppy. Uh, it's probably the best way to put it. Pass percentages, you can look at the stats and see it as well. But just seeing on the pitch, it is clear that sometimes the, the pass can be a bit wayward. We are in the Championship. We're not in the Premier League uh, as a side. But they're not They're not the Spain national team. They're not going to play tick-attack of football. But, that yeah, that's probably the place. If you can press high enough and have the energy, which you undoubtedly will, then that probably is the area to exploit. Um, but defensively, they are very resolute. So it will get will be a struggle to get through once you once you get the ball. But that's why you need to win the ball back so, so quickly because they do shore themselves up. I'm not sure if you've noticed. I'm sure you have about the amount of goals Birmingham have conceded this season. Um, actually, the, the second least out of any side. Preston North End are the only team that have conceded less. I think Coventry as well have got the same amount as Birmingham, um, a few positions below. But no, they've been so good even with that. So not many weaknesses, to be honest. Always what you want to hear, isn't it, Dan? Um, <laughs> as always, my predictions for once, I actually got one right a few weeks ago and I thought it might have been on a roll, but I followed it up with a wrong prediction, as I always do, by saying we would beat Cardiff 2-0. Um, I'm going to go really boring again. I, I kind of, I think as a Sunderland fan, I sort of feel exactly the way that Birmingham fans feel, I think. You'd love a win to go into that, especially with the format we're on. But if someone give me a 1-1 draw at Birmingham, snap your hand off. Um, I think draw your away games. And then if we start improving our home form a little bit after the break, then we should be comfortably mid-table, which I think every Sunderland fan would take at the moment. So I'm going to go 1-1. I think it's feasible. I think, you know, with the game, the extra game that you've had, the fact that we were really poor, putting our poorest performance of the season easily uh, last weekend will be hopefully a point to prove. Um, but do I think we can go to Birmingham and win? I don't quite know. We haven't been that great on Sky Sports this season. So I'll take I'll take a 1-1. But, um, but where are you going with predictions, Charlie? I know it's really boring, but I've been toying between 2-1 to Birmingham and 1-1. But I just think it's so many games in a row. It is one last push and they'll know that. And they'll put a little bit extra out on the fields. Uh, but I, I just, I, I do think it'll be 1-1. It's one of those games. I think it will probably be quite a frustrating one for both teams, quite scrappy. And 
Sunderland might even have more of the ball, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I think 1-1. One, one. They're never really classics either, are they, when they're on Sky Sports? Sky has picked some no. absolute stinkers this year in the championship, to be fair. Picked some all right ones. I mean, the Millwall one the other week. Oh, God. <laughs> that was on Sky. That was nil-nil, and, and Brum didn't have a single shot on target. <laughs> they have picked some real stinkers this year. It's always been the ones that I haven't had time to watch that have been decent, which is few and far between. But, um, but as always, Charlie, I think it's really interesting to see like the viewpoint of the opposition team. For me, some people might not agree. I think it's really interesting after the game and stuff like that. So if people wanted to follow the post-match sort of from yourself, where can they follow yourself and obviously the work you do? Yeah, so um, I'll be doing the post-match player ratings over on Birmingham Worlds. Um, so that won't be the Sunderland ratings, but it'll be the Birmingham ones. It might be quite interesting to look at. And I've already published some... Well, yeah, I have published some injury news, sorry, about <laughs> about this particular game um, over on that website as well. So you can take a look at that on Birmingham Worlds. Uh, otherwise, you can find me at Half on Twitter. It's probably the best place. I do have my own Bryson podcast as well, but that's completely irrelevant. Um, as always, thanks for popping on. Thanks for obviously covering stuff with us today. Um, I wish Birmingham no luck on Friday as is par for the course. That's exactly how it should be. I'm sure Birmingham fans feel the same way. But um, thanks for joining me mate, and, and good luck for the rest of the season and, and everything that you're doing. No worries, you too.